Our scripture reading comes from Genesis. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. The man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose up him upon him as he passed, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob there at the thigh muscle. The word of God for the people of God. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious and holy God, we thank you for the sacred community we share. And we ask that on this day and all days as we open your scriptures, you would show us yourself in grace and challenge and love. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This summer we're talking about sacred community. Not perfect or flawless community, but sacred community, a community that is authentic and blessed and walks with God on its journey through the world. As we have talked through stories in the book of Genesis, we have seen some of the marks of sacred community. The importance of rest and friendship, the reality of brokenness and the promise of healing, the importance of inclusion and hospitality, the need to laugh together and not take ourselves too seriously. Today we come to another mark of sacred community, one that I will describe as wrestling with God. In sacred communities, people wrestle and struggle with God because they are unsettled. This wrestling can be hard and frustrating, and it is a blessing that we do not want to fix or cause to go away, for wrestling with God is a part of being fully human. We'll ground this message of wrestling in one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of Jacob. 
Now, this is one of my favorite stories because, as I told you the first week of this series, the stories from Genesis are full of characters who are not perfect moral exemplars. No, most often the people we meet in Genesis are deeply flawed people whose imperfections are clearly on display for us to see. They are stumbling through life just like we are. And Jacob is chief among these very human personalities. This morning's story comes from late in Jacob's life, but I'm going to take a few moments to recap some earlier stories in Jacob's life to remind us who he was. Jacob is the son of Isaac and Rebekah and the grandchild of Abraham and Sarah, the parents of the people of Israel. Jacob has a brother. His name is Esau. They're twins. In the first story about them, we learn that Jacob is not the firstborn of his family, which was a big deal in their culture. Jacob is second. But he comes out of the womb with his twin brother, clinging to the heel of Esau. And from the start, we know that this birth story is a metaphor for his whole early life. His name, Jacob, means takes by the heel. It also gets translated overreacher and supplanter. If you remember your high school or college education about the types of characters we meet in ancient stories, you will also identify Jacob as the trickster in the Genesis story. He is always finding some crafty way to gain an advantage. Maybe some of you have a brother or sister like that. And in the story, we will hear how Jacob claws his way through early life and steals his brother Esau's firstborn blessing and birthright for himself. This gains him an advantage but it puts him at such odds with his brother that he must flee the family home in fear for his life. So Jacob flees to a distant land and he finds a new life for himself. And on the way he has a dream in which he sees a ladder ascending to the heavens with angels climbing up and down. And in this dream he meets God who promises to be with Jacob on his journey and to make something great of his life. Jacob immortalizes the dream in that place by naming the place Bethel, which is translated house of God. You may have heard that language before. Jacob builds a pillar of stones and becomes one of the people who uh, exemplifies the often confusing words in the hymn we sung this morning. Those pillars of stones are sometimes called an Ebenezer. And in that hymn we sung, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jacob's is one of several Old Testament stories about a deeply flawed person who is lost and wandering through life, but who is promised that God is still with him and that there is a purpose to his struggles and that one day 
he will find his way home. First, though, another story. Jacob will meet Rachel, who is to be the love of his life. And when he meets Rachel, he will also meet her father, Laban. Laban would seem to be the adversary in which crafty Jacob has finally met his match. Jacob and Laban will struggle with one another for 14 years while Jacob strives to win Rachel's hand in marriage. When that story finally resolves itself, and Jacob has spent much time building a life for himself with a spouse and children and wealth he has amassed, he still is in exile, away from his family and his home. So his wandering takes him back where he came from, and that is where we pick things up in the story you heard today. Jacob wrestles all night with a mysterious visitor, and that visitor is God. Remembering what Jacob's life story has been, imagine the questions he might have asked his adversary as they rolled about in the dirt, this greatest friend and foe in his life, the creator of the world. Why did you make me this way, God, with these ambitions that led me to do such awful things? Why have I had to spend my life estranged from my family? Why did my parents play favorites with my brother and me and make our conflicts worse? Why do you say you still love me in the midst of all these mistakes and sufferings? If you love me, God, why don't you take these things away? Any of these things and more might have been Jacob's questions. But only one question is recorded in the story for us to hear. It is the biggest question. Jacob demands that God tell him God's name, which is to ask, God, who are you and what are you up to? And God does not give Jacob an answer. But God blesses him, tells him again that God will always be with him, and then as a reminder that God is the one to be loved and trusted, but also that God is a mystery that will not be solved by any of us. God strikes him on the hip socket, giving him a permanent physical injury as a reminder of the wrestling and of the blessing that came of it. The following morning, Jacob goes out across the river to meet his estranged brother Esau. It is the encounter he has feared for almost two decades. And Esau wraps Jacob in his arms and forgives him and welcomes him home. In sacred communities, people wrestle with God in the midst of the brokenness of life. We wrestle with God because of our own personal stories, 
our family struggles, our personal flaws, our griefs and our losses, our questions about why God made us the way we are and why our past can seem so difficult to escape or come to terms with. We wrestle with God because of things we see in the world around us and cannot make sense of. The misery endured by migrants in refugee camps. The innocent people caught in the path of war because of the greed and violence of people in power. The reality of countless children who are not fed or clothed or educated or loved the way they all deserve to be. And the endless and often thankless struggle involved in trying to do something to make a difference. We struggle to figure out who in the heck God wants us to be and what God is up to and why we are here. We journey through life from teenager to young adult to middle-aged to older, and we find ourselves maturing in understanding and experience, but we remain full of questions for which we cannot get an answer. Asking these questions is part of being on the journey of faith. And being able to ask them is a blessing. For it seems to me that the one thing worse than the questions themselves is being told that you cannot ask them. Everyone is different, and I suppose there are plenty of people happy enough to not struggle with the big questions of life. And yes, some are happy in faith communities where certainty is prized and questions are discouraged. But others of us are deeply dissatisfied with the cliches and platitudes that discourage big questions. Everything happens for a reason. It must all be God's will. Occasionally these things are comforting, but quite often they are salt in the wounds of life. People of faith need permission to struggle, to wrestle, to know that we can be unsettled and far from perfect and still be blessed. And this is the gift we get from the story of Jacob. Permission to be who God made us to be and to know that we are loved. To receive forgiveness and a second chance when we need it to pass those gifts on to others. In today's story, when dawn begins to break and the wrestling match is just about over, God gives to Jacob a new name. He will no longer be, one, be known as the one who takes by the heel, the overreacher, the supplanter. Instead, his name will be Israel, which is also translated variously, God rules, God preserves, God protects, God strives. Jacob, now named Israel, receives the gift of knowing that he does not need to struggle alone, that he has a partner in his wrestling, 
One who is willing to struggle with him and his questions all night long and throughout his life. One who will preserve and protect him. One who is a partner in striving. One who longs to one day welcome him home. Jacob walks away from the wrestling match blessed and also wounded. He will carry with him the marks and reminders of his struggles all of his life. And those marks will remind him that he need not go it alone in life. That he has indeed survived much and lived to struggle another day. And that even as he is unsettled, he is loved and blessed. His creator longs for him to be at home with himself and with the family who loves him, flawed and incomplete though they all may be. Amen.